I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Scam Well. I'm Caitlin Brodnick. I'm your host and I love scams. Welcome to Scam Well. Thank you guys again for listening and joining us here this week. We have a bonkers episode. I just first want to shout out and say thank you to everybody who sent me messages and DM'd me. Yes, we are going to go over the Tinder swindler and I have so many thoughts and feelings about it and so many frustrations. Today's episode, we have journalist Sarah Berman and Guys, she's incredible. She writes for Vice. She has covered the Nexium cult story, Keith Raniere, all of that incredibly disturbing stuff. She wrote a book called Don't Call It a Cult, which is really badass. And she's brilliant. I love her. And today's episode, we do talk about Nexium. We do talk about the updates with Keith Raniere at currently what's happening. But also we talk about the question I always have, and I'm so glad we got to get into it a bit, how this affects you, her, as the journalist, and how, as a person discussing this and representing this and reporting on this and relaying information, you know, she, it goes through her first. And so she is sort of funneled all of this crazy trauma and horrible things and fascinating things. And then she has to take all of that on her own shoulders and then relay it in a way that is effective and smart and helps everyone. We discuss a clip from the show How To with John Wilson. And at the time, I wasn't watching the series fully, so I didn't comment that much on it. But I will say now, it is such an interesting episode. And John Wilson is such an interesting documentarian. And I do think he is in on the joke. He gets these incredible moments. He records so much of his life. He is so detail-oriented, and I think he's brilliant. And I didn't say that enough during this episode because I didn't know enough of it. If you're curious at all, if you love the bizarreness of New York City, in-depth discussion about people's idiosyncrasies, if you ever just wanted to walk with somebody and be like, I wonder what their apartment would be like and if they're in a fight with their cousin, John Wilson does that. <laughs> like suddenly John Wilson is engrossed in these people's lives. It takes these amazing twists and turns and I couldn't wait to see the next episode. So I would completely recommend watching that How To With John Wilson on HBO. And yeah, can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. Enjoy. Sarah, I'm so excited to have you. Oh my <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. so much. So we, I got your info from Rebecca, 
from dialogue. Right. And I was so thrilled because you're, my husband's a journalist and you're an incredible journalist and so accomplished and it's amazing. And I'm thrilled that you even want to still talk about this topic with us today because <laughs> you've done so much on it. It never ends, um, but I, I feel good about it. I feel good about Becca as well. She, yeah. I think, came to the sentencing with me. Wow. Allison Mack sentencing. I think it was our first time even attending a court proceeding. So I have special feelings about that day. Well, that's incredible. And did you guys meet there or were, did you know each other before? Well, so we had done the podcast while I was in Vancouver. And then because I was flying out for the sentencing, and yeah, so we met at the courthouse like 5 a.m., right? It's, it's like amazing. crack of dawn. You got to line up to get your spot in the courthouse. I mean, a lot of people want to know just about everything about Nexium. So I feel like I a responsibility to yes. know it all. Well, it's so <laughs> it's amazing. So your book is incredible. Don't call it a cult. And it's so smart. You cover so many Stories that I was also sort of fascinated of what you must have gone through as a journalist of just reading copious amounts of confessions or footage or seeing stuff or hearing things about how these people were treated and involved in this entire thing. Like, was that was that a lot for you as a person as well? Oh, yeah, it was certainly a lot to process. And I feel like the depth of it did change over time. Yeah. I mean, the court proceedings themselves revealed so much more than even I had known about, right? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. getting to know Sarah Edmondson and her experience with, you know, trauma and PTSD in the wake of this really terrible event in her life was, you know, one dimension. And then there right. was just this whole other multiple dimensions when you get into someone who was confined to a room for nearly two years. I and I was reading about her. I'm going to link all the advice articles, everyone, how great it is. And her book, of course, you have to check it out and support Sarah because she's brilliant. <laughs> there was so much mind control in it all, like being confined to a room. She wasn't physically confined. It was that her parents were controlled by Keith that equated her to a child murderer. And if they let her leave the room, she was a murderer. Like it was these bizarre mental gymnastics that he was pulling on everyone that it just was such a mind fuck reading. <laughs> I can't. It was always a threat. Like whatever yeah. the biggest fear a person had, say it was losing their family in the case of Daniela, who's named mm -hmm. in the book, that's what he used as a deterrent. So she didn't want to leave her family. She didn't want to leave her community. But that's exactly what was going to happen if she ever left the room or went against his orders. So yeah, it seems like compliance. It's like, oh, the door wasn't locked. It's but certainly, you know, a jury found that that was not, that's a victim's compliance in the face of a threat, you know? Oh, completely. Yeah. It, it was just, it is also fascinating because reading it for me too, learning about this, luckily I haven't experienced this or, you know, had this in my life that I was also learning all these different ways that the manipulation and the control was ever consistent in these people's lives. Like it was just, it was pretty fascinating. And yeah, I'm just sure it must have been a lot for you to handle all of these stories at once. It is a lot, but that's exactly why I want to go down this other rabbit hole with yes. you. That's like a slightly lighter chapter in the Nexium story. And that's their, yeah, foray into competitive acapella. That is so ridiculous. I think we, I heard like a bit of it or we mentioned it once because we talked about Nexium. We talked about it briefly and then Sue and I were so uncomfortable and upset afterwards. We like did <laughs> like a cleansing bath. We were like, this is just the worst world. And then what was so funny, I'm so excited to have you on is we were talking about Nexium. What should we talk about? And then what pops up in the zeitgeist? Just a little reminder that this guy is such a fucking weirdo. <laughs> and he's tried to run an acapella tournament, was it? <laughs> yes. So this was like 2007 and 2008. So a very interesting chapter mm -hmm. in Nexium's story. Um, when when the, the TV actresses were still kind of on TV. And oh, okay. They were being kind of pressured to be more public figures in the organization. And okay. so, yes, again, Keith Raniere, remarkably consistent in his bad taste, 
you know, yes. chooses acapella. So they have this event in fall 2007 and very few people attend. Uh, it's invite only. And they do nothing too creepy at that one. It's like a normal coming together conference. People perform. Most of this weird windowless room yes. is empty. It's called The Egg. Sorry. I just so love creepy. that. Yeah. When it appears on John Wilson's show, I mean, I hope that's not a spoiler. No, like just the building itself is like part of the aesthetic and commentary. It's such a... It is. It is. And, um, an image. It was. And then the fact too, what I couldn't get out of my mind, they were showing about the pamphlet and it almost looked like they had t-shirts. Like it had Keith Raniere's quotes all over it as if he was a singer even <laughs> there's nothing to yeah. do with acapella if there was like this banner across the stage that's like acapella is meant to be shared keith Raniere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell and the aesthetic of it is like this weird like digital like it's so i don't know almost the matrix but like yes. crappier yeah like an orangey matrix is somebody who just tried to use a swirly font for the first time. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> In word. Anyway, so yes, these actresses are at that time trying to be public figures and trying to recruit. And so when they have the second event in 2008, it's like April, they they pull out more like, yeah, Keith Raniere quotes. Yeah. And, and he's just sort of stalking around the building. And suddenly their group, the Nexium group that they called Simply Human, again, remarkably <laughs> consistent, <laughs> was suddenly like being held up as, you know, the landmark performance. Yes, the best of the best. And so, yeah, it just warms my heart to know that John Wilson was there. He was from the Binghamham Crosbys, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who I guess are more classic rock oriented. <laughs> And yeah, just to know that he was in that room is incredible to me. Yeah. But yeah, so you had all these performances and and then suddenly the judge feedback is more about like emotional journeys right. and like maybe you need some self-help coaching. You know, <laughs> it just seemed like very transparently like you should join Nexium after this. Well, and nothing to do with singing. Like the thing too with these groups, they're not good. He was singing Roxanne. They showed a clip of it on the show and he's just screaming into the mic and people are in the background going like, ooh, pa, cha, pa, pa, ooh, pa, and they're not even on beat. <laughs> and then the results are that you need self-help is like the most bizarre combination I've ever heard of. Yeah, pretty incredible. And you notice too, they're wearing their sashes or they're wearing kind of sash-like stuff. Anyway, but yeah, so then you have this hilarious posting on a uh, acapella forum. Yes. It's like... They took to I think the computer it still screens. exists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> CASA.org. Anyway, and and of course, the students are like, hey, isn't this weird? I looked up all these stories about Nexium. Of course, they find out about Kristen Snyder, who was the student in Alaska who had essentially died by suicide after seemingly suffering a mental break in mm-hmm. one of these quote-unquote intensives. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had an incredible amount of information. They really did. They did they, their research. They were smart kids. These acapella singers, don't sleep on them. They will Google <laughs> you till you don't have an excuse. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible how much was already out there in mm-hmm. 2008. And they're just basically asking, like, what's up with this? Are we okay with this? And of right. course, they're, you know, starting to roast Nexium as well. Like yes. very good college Perfect. age roasting. And then, of course, you have the major figures of Nexium stepping in and adding their voices to this cacophony. Of course, Keith Raniere himself also joins in and he says like, oh, we weren't recruiting for Nexium. In fact, we were using our Nexium contacts to recruit for acapella. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> Okay, man. Sure. Is that the hill you want to die on? I mean, he's an idiot, so he'll do anything. But yeah. And it was also, I was remember hearing that like they came and they tried to confront him and they did confront Ranieri. (laughs) I think it was Allison that they sort of had cornered at some sort of after party uh, and questioned about her involvement, you know, and I think it did get very weird very quickly. 
And, he, and but of course they protect Heath at all costs. He seems to like never, you know, what a moron. He gets to hide. He literally will hide in a bathroom rather than be confronted by people who are criticizing him. But anyway, <sighs> so Allison then goes into damage control mode, which suddenly involves accusing folks of throwing literal feces all over right. their hotel room. Right. And so this was a specific accusation against John Wilson's group, which mm-hmm. is hilarious. And so then he has to apologize to even like avoid being expelled. And publicly, it has to be, it's all bizarre. It has to be super public. And it was all on these forms as well. And she was started to write on these forms. Like, so Alex Mack got herself on all these acapella forms, which no one probably even knew existed before this concert. And yeah, there it's like the Reddit of acapella world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now it's just famous, like yeah. infamous in many ways. But yeah, I guess in their apology, they do say, OK, we maybe left like some beer cans and some pizza out. But like, yeah. I don't know where urine and feces comes from. Yeah. She said they smeared it on the walls like she just they just literally made a smear campaign of these students to. And I think he said he had the risk of getting expelled, that it went to his school, too. Totally. Yeah. He almost suffered really bizarre and weird consequences because of it. That would have been terrible for him, of course. Uh, It's funny, though, having studied the Nexium curriculum way too much. Okay. I know that that could be considered a, quote, shifter strategy. What does that mean? So that's Nexium's sort of way of when you're being criticized or when you're like facing some sort of confrontation, just create another problem somewhere else that's it's essentially just like start a distraction fire and you know that'll at least take away the direct confrontation i mean that's me simplifying it but this was something that they taught in the classes really as something you can use in your real world and and they use it all the time i mean keith ranieri in his posts they're so weird and manipulative like they're, they're employing these these types of strategies. Wow. Did he ever say like where he got these strategies from? Like was he did he study by some psychotic mastermind himself or was this just his ideas? It's so interesting. He stole from very basic other self-help books, mm-hmm. like very woo-woo self-help books. Like there's one called Power and Force. Uh, there's one called The Art of Systems Thinking, but it's really just neuro-linguistic programming. It's just very (laughs) boring, dry, and like mostly just based on platitudes more than anything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's all stolen pretty much. Like just lifted from, you have landmark forum illusions, you have all kinds of, you know, Scientology, of course, references and language. And yeah, mostly just stealing from other groups who are also manipulative. So, wow. yeah. And then he runs it all, but then adds sex to it all. <laughs> what I also saw or what they had alluded to in the do- in this like little clip we saw in the documentary, like, documentary, I guess, TV show, comedy, documentary, <laughs> New Yorker experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely feel like it's a documentary. I, I like to think of it as like Adam Curtis, but a little bit dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so it's or yeah. Visual essay. Yeah. Yeah visual spitballing. But they were saying that they thought that some of it was possible. They said, like, he denied the recruiting, but they had the feeling that this could have been a recruiting space for young women because the idea, or the young young people, the idea that if you were interested in acapella, you quickly could make the transition to cult, <laughs> which is just so funny and embarrassing. <laughs> it seems like a pretty far bridge, but honestly... Yeah, they that's the thing. They were so excited about having these celebrities that were relatively new to the organization. And they were all blogging at that time, by the way. Allison Mack maintained a blog at that time. And so she's posting as well on her own website about this acapella controversy and and trying to be more of a public figure and like drawing people in. Uh, They also started this weird company called 10C, like number 10C, Mm -hmm. which apparently stood for the emperor has no clothes. Oh, jeez. Anyway, and that was also kind of like similarly aiming at the college demographic. 
uh, trying to get like sororities on board. Mm -hmm. They just, yeah, had so much ambition and just so little ability to follow through because people see right through it. And that's the thing. Like you can't just get mad that somebody accused you of being associated with a cult with like because you do have other intent going on. Like you are recruiting right. for a cult. Like, right. sorry. Right. Right. And also saying that they're that they throw feces on places doesn't really doesn't deny anything else that he had done. He just, as you were saying, they just turned the corner to be like, look at this poop head. Like he's disgusting and doesn't deny any of the <laughs> shit he has been doing himself. Exactly. It's just, yeah, shit denial on a yeah. grand scale. And that's what made me so frustrated when, I don't know if you remember this, in 2019, I believe, uh, right in the wake of, you know, George Floyd protest, mm -hmm. suddenly Nikki Klein, a Nexium loyalist to this day, and, you wow. know, she was also at the Sacapella concert. And she, around that time, had just left Battlestar Galactica. That was her big sure. role. Okay. And so she started dancing in front of the prison where Keith Raniere was being held. Did you hear about this? No. Or maybe I blocked it out. I hate I mean, those people. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> it's pretty rough. And so, of course, she's trying to make this some sort of statement about prison conditions. You know, I really right. care about uh, the issues that are really important and hot right now. But of course, she's actually dancing for Keith Raniere, right? Right. And, and her prison, you know, campaign is really just for Keith specifically. And so to hide that intent That's behind, so creepy. oh, I care about this really important political issue. And, and by the way, all the way, showing just a pretty strong ignorance about the actual issue. Mm -hmm. It was just so frustrating to report on. Right. I'm sure and it's it's so transparent. Yes, there's a vice story you can find. About yeah, that. I will. I'll yeah, look it. It's it's so like when someone's doing something that ignorant, it is it's also unfortunately something we've all seen or heard of again, like someone trying to take attention from something incredibly important for their own gain. Like it's just it's like the tale as old as time, just the biggest idiot <laughs> doing a distracting act. Like, just go to the George Floyd protest if you care, you know, like support no, yeah. other maybe black people who are doing this work. It just seemed, yeah, her entire campaign, of course, did not mention racism or black people. It was no. just a just for Keith. a mess to behold. Yeah, no, just for Keith. That's so crazy. So are there people that are still Keith's, you know, followers that are still go and visit him in prison, like are still very connected and that don't feel that this was a cult, really? There are some loyalists. There's about a handful of folks uh, who even were part of DOS, so gave collateral in the form of naked photos and, you know, other blackmail material and, you know, had made this lifelong pledge to be a literal slave. And they've come out and said, look, this was my choice. It was maybe a little edgy. Uh, but this is God. what I'm, you know, doing to build character. And by the way, you shouldn't make me a victim. I'm not a victim, you know. Mm -hmm. And so from a very far distance, maybe that can like make sense to you. But if you look at the facts and you look at the structure of this organization and all the, you know, essentially fraud and blackmail that went right. into getting people to that place, it doesn't matter if you specifically are OK with being a slave. Literally anyone else who was part of it was blackmailed and coerced to get there. Like, mm -hmm, if you're mm -hmm. okay being coerced, that's nice, but it's still a crime when it happens to other people. Right. The situation is still horrible. Also, it's it's really sad because these people all started, as you were saying, like recruiting college students. Like, it's while the human brain is still forming, you know, like, I mean, these are young people that are getting just these opinions and ideals and and doctrines put in them at such a young age. And then I, I thought it was also really interesting how he really buttered up to incredibly wealthy women. Like the sisters, I think they were in Canada, right? Because there was a big Vancouver um, connection. And then I believe there was a Mexican millionaire, you said, another woman. There were a couple. Yeah. So there's a media heiress. Her name's Rosa Laura Junco. Uh, I don't believe she's still loyal, or at okay. least she isn't publicly loyal. Mm. And so her father owns like a ton of media enterprises in Mexico. 
uh, and just like incredibly powerful figures. I mean, there was also Emiliano Salinas, whose dad was the president in the 90s. Wow. Just a, an incredible amount of influence. And of course, that's not um, specific to Nexium. I mean, Scientology, any other group, they're also going to chase folks who have huge influence and following already. Right. That's just a very useful tool. And it, yeah, ends up funding things like this. Yes. Acapella innovations, right? <laughs> oh like God. if you have unlimited money, you can try a lot of weird stuff. And it's so <laughs> it's so crazy because I think so you have all these theater groups or acapella groups. They have a festival or an, an event run by this guy and he did do all the bells and whistles. It looks like something that had been established for like 10 years. But then if you actually read the text, you're like, this makes no sense. This slogan is about like following your essence and we're singing. <laughs> like we're, we have to follow the song, not the essence. And it looked like it was a private college that was funding it even. Yeah, yeah. It, its origins were completely ambiguous. Um, but yeah, when you read the Keith Raniere bio that he's the top problem solver in the whole world or whatever. Guinness Book of World Records, which makes no sense. <laughs> that makes no sense. I mean, yeah, it was, they discontinued the highest IQ the very year after, after that record was printed. It was a, uh, yeah, huge controversy. Anyway, it's for them. Yeah, a very stupid ordeal. Like you can just tell by the pamphlet what's going on. Yes. And I think that that, do you think that it's that they banked on people that, see, they didn't know how smart these young acapella guys were because they were spending a lot of time inside on their computers and <laughs> they're practicing their beats <laughs> and they're practicing, you know, their clicks and their research. And they're all probably amazing computer scientists right now. But he, he was doing this as if you were just skimming it, as if you didn't even, you couldn't really read, as if somebody was just telling you, he was really banking on people to not actually be conscious of what was happening while they were at the concert it's pretty incredible like how much of an underestimation it is like i, I feel like that's the fatal flaw of this the whole way through he right. thought nobody who's been blackmailed or whatever would like go to the authorities or find a way to you know get accountability going it's just a gross underestimation of humans and, yes. and their ability to think independently. Yeah, pretty brutal. What was the most surprising part when you saw the acapella? Because you messaged me and you're like, holy shit. What were you like? <laughs> why didn't I hear about this before? <laughs> okay, I had heard about it before. I had done my own right. deep, deep rabbit hole in 2018, I think. So this was just when I was sort of starting my book okay. and I was digging through all the archived websites, like the Nexium side projects and failed attempts at recruiting wow. that I could find. And all the blogs, right? The Nikki Klein blog, the Allison Mack blog, uh, the Claire Bronfman blog. I was just trying to read anything I could. And they put out a ton of stuff. That's the thing. Damn. This particular chapter was so active and so like, high in the sky, like they thought that they would just take over the world, like just purely through the cuteness of of Allison Mack's smile. Yeah. Like that was their secret weapon. And she was she was always a little bizarre to me. I was like, she's fine. <laughs> I had an ex-boyfriend that loves Smallville. But I remember watching it going like, she's kind of annoying. Like, did anybody else think she was kind of annoying? And oh, yeah, when you hear her speak, like she speaks in the episode and it just means nothing. She's like yeah. saying acapella is about human expression and she's yeah. like saying it as if she's so moved by what she's saying like it's the deepest thing you've ever heard and it's just like I can't handle that like no, no. just talk to me like I'm a normal person please I, I don't want to see you having an epiphany every other sentence You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. 
It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. So when you were reading all these blogs and everything, what were some of the other shocking things that were, that was just so public or so telling at that time? You're saying they give so much information. Yeah. Well, they were asking for people's social security numbers. Oh, oh right, right. At the event. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they constantly were putting out these bizarre surveys, you know, and Allison was putting those to her fans as well. And they were asking questions like, would you drink a cup of your own vomit for a hundred dollars? And then like adding different amounts and being like, what if it was dog vomit? Like just Whoa. the most bizarre fucking questionnaires you could ever imagine. Again, so Nikki Klein is leaving her acting gig to do more Nexium full time. She's taking on like the public relations writing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's just not prepared for the college students who (laughs) have a good grasp on Google. I'm trying to think what else really surprised me about that era. It's um, just how many failed companies, I guess. There was one called Juicy Peach. They tried to launch. Kristen Crook, uh, the Smallville co-star, tried to launch this company called Girls by Design, which also in hindsight looks very not great. Of course, Kristen's friends have defended her to me saying, you know, that was nothing to do with Nexium, but it was a company she launched while she was part of the group. So many of them failed. So, so many of them failed. Oh my God. It's insane. And so, so that failed. I'm sure the acapellas continue to sing and go on. Um, well, it's funny because in also in the documentary, he was saying that he was sort of looking for a group to be included in. Like there was that element of just general human nature of like, well, this could be a fun thing. These are new friends I could meet. This could be something exciting in my life. And then that's when like Alex Mack comes in with like her Smallville point of view. But yeah, it's it's the whole setup is I feel like the reason I got such a kick out of it is because it's it really narrows down the essence of how ridiculous Nexium is to not only to be to think he's an expert in every single way to jump into a world that he knows nothing about and then also they're horrible singers like it's just it was the most clear expression of this guy was such a moron yeah I I think you're right if you didn't get it from the bow and the volleyball like yes you will get it here and it's just still down it's very short thankfully it's only like a couple minutes of the episode The rest of the episode, you can think about like scented bowling balls or like yeah. monster energy drinks and not have to think about Nexium as much because the vow is a huge investment, right? Like that's nine hours of your life. No, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it I, because there's something I feel for me that I love to be part of groups. I love to be part of something special. I'm, I am idealistic at times and then I can be like incredibly cynical, but I just, I feel that at that age... I don't think I would go with it because I had enough of sort of the sense of things were off. But I feel at that age, I knew so many people that could have gone into that or like in that time in your 20s. If someone's like, also, they dangled in front of actresses like this will get you acting gigs. This will get you modeling gigs. This will get you. That's a huge thing to do. So I have such a soft spot for these actresses that were jumped in. Same. I I mean, certainly Maya in my book, I had a huge soft spot spot. She was a roommate of a friend of mine, like, and we're around the same age. And she did think it was like being invited to an Oscar party, right? Like she thought the networking was definitely going to pay off. And so, yeah, I don't begrudge folks who did go along with it with big dreams in mind and, and seemingly getting, you know, some kinds of results or returns in the beginning, right? Like they did 
connect you to their agent or, you know, Allison Mack would try and um, sometimes bring people to New York and just take them out on the town or whatever. And this felt good at first. And then it just got really coercive and manipulative afterwards. Like, and, and nobody can really suss that out. Like in hindsight, you absolutely can. You're like, oh my yes. God, this was horrific. But yeah, no, I also, I feel like Vancouver produces this very specific kind of person who is so, mm. you know, hopey, changey, touchy feely, mm-hmm. and like maybe a little woo woo spiritual mm-hmm. into green juice. I mean, the list yeah, goes on and yeah. people are everywhere mm-hmm. and I relate to them and some of them are my friends. So it's, right. um, it's a lot to put your brain in that, that yes, these are, you know, people with heads on their shoulders and big careers totally. and, and, and lots of skills and capabilities, but a uh, good thing to keep in mind for sure. I know it's just, ugh, it's such a, it's, I'm so happy he's in trouble now. And I'm happy because I was reading um, with all your vice articles, it seems like things are coming out constantly of people getting new sentencing or people getting more, like more results. And, and have you found that, that since your book and since his trial that you've had more you've seen more people sort of like rise to the surface and share their stories? Yeah, I do feel like finally some dust has settled and some of the major players are finally coming out and admitting like, yes, I I was completely under this thrall. I, yeah. you know, regret everything that I was part of. Yeah, some of the ex-members who feared that they might be charged uh, are now, because the criminal case has sort of come to a conclusion, coming out of the woodwork and sharing their perspectives. So it's an interesting time to be very well connected in this space. Unfortunately, it just yeah never ends. In, now right. that the criminal trial is coming to a close, there's a, a civil case, uh, okay. class action against the Bronfmans and Keith, uh, essentially saying, you know, that all the allegations deserve monetary compensation. Mm -hmm. So that's going to continue to dig up stuff, right? Like there's going to be a whole new discovery, a whole new set of testimony. Uh, That's another like three years of... Oh my gosh. Are you ready for this? Do you have... Honestly, no. (laughs) No. I try to keep that like far away, like not thinking about it. Well, you're an amazing journalist. So I... I appreciate the work you're doing because it's fascinating. And also it's such a service to these women and helping future. It's going to be something that we can all use as a reference if we have like a younger friend, younger family member to say, these were these signs that were very public. And I feel sometimes with with cults, they almost are slightly old fashioned in the way that when you think of a cult and when you think of something manipulative, you think of everyone wearing the same weird dress or everybody suddenly looking Amish or everybody something in the 70s and 80s like people look at cults with this look of like shaved heads yeah yes the before times before cell phones and now the new things to look out for to help our family our kids is to say no these are photographs on our cell phones that people have or they're explicit pictures or they're just a simple text message that then someone can use against you and something like that so it's i feel like this even though this is all so horribly disgusting getting it out there and publicizing it, I mean, um, providing it to the public like you're doing is is helping people with another reference of how to take care of themselves and their family. I think you're right. I think that was actually something that was said by one of the witnesses, Daniela, the w- woman who was mm-hmm. c- confined to a room for so long. Um, she said, you know, at the sentencing, something along the lines of like, you aren't remarkable. You're you're just somebody who's, you know, I guess gone to remarkable lengths to yeah. hurt people. But the only reason we know your name right now is because of that and that you will be forgotten, essentially. Like, we'll, we'll take the lessons from your case yes. and we will forget you entirely. Something along those lines. Just and I just beautiful. thought that was powerful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And well, now it's going to be in the digital world and now it's going to be in like whatever the new people are going to be ransoming off or like blackmailing NFTs or something like there's going to be something new. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and and I was going to say, too, about the actress thing is that like Hollywood is really the Wild West. Like you can find some agent that just thinks you're nice and you start dating their cousin and then you're in a movie like it is. There's talent for sure. But there are a lot of other ways people just get parts and negotiate and things are behind the scenes. So I I also think that like with all of this, those are the places that are the easiest to pick people or 
you know. Totally. Well, like in hopes and dreams, because they're not totally. rational. They're not based on fact. Like you can pick up on, up on somebody's dream to be, you know, a great actress. Right. And almost anything could be possible and they might do it if, if they think that it's in service of their goal. And sorry, just to go back on one thing, oh, yeah, the one thing you could always notice about Nexium is its websites never looked legit. Wow. And you see that a little bit in the John yes. Wilson, like they're really old timey, like red and gold, like almost velvet looking or like yes. the acapella innovations one also um, pretty brutal, pretty rudimentary looking, Ugly, like yeah. trying trying to look like the future, but like the 80s version of the future right. on the internet and like not the like kind of nostalgic GeoCities way, they're like not somehow more garish than that. Like anyway, so that should have yeah. been a red flag, everybody. Like Gosh. look at the websites. If it doesn't look legit, I mean, maybe it's a NFT scam. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's so confusing. It's so nuts. I, I think it's with anything with all of this is what you, when you have the setup as somebody being your friend or the setup as somebody helping you with a career or the setup as somebody helping you with an acapella jingle or whatever you're doing. If it starts to become sort of creepy and more emotional and becomes this spiritual connection, you got to go the other way. You got to just like walk out the door, <laughs> call your friends, start Googling. Like once it becomes circling around the actual topic and because like becomes your body and your thinking and your being like, you've got to just find the exit <laughs> and get out of there. It's here. certainly a red flag. I mean, but I also do support people doing whatever spiritual woo -woo oh, yeah. stuff they want. You can worship bears if you want or cats or whatever, like yeah. or rocks, you know, like crystals. Great. Sure. Seems great. It can't abuse you. It's just a rock. No, but it's that person, that other one coming in and saying like, and this rock, you know, this rock, like this is <laughs> like, I get it. Like get the rock. I get the acapella. But then that that Alex Mack coming in with her little like <laughs> elfin waves. <laughs> that's when you have to be like, why are you encouraging me to be one with the rock? Yeah. And the fact that they really wanted to be known for their parties, but they just really were not fun to hang out with, That's I think is so depressing. That's one like the of most the most tragic aspects. <laughs> That's <laughs> such an insult to be like, you can't even throw a party. That's just alcohol and music. Like, they can't even do that. That's the thing. Most of them weren't drinkers. Allison actually didn't allow booze in her house most times. Oh, yeah. They were all health nuts. So weird. How are you feeling now with all of this? Like coming with this experience in your life as a journalist, like how are you feeling? Are you exhausted? Do you feel that you're just halfway through? Is the road, you know, crazy ahead? I mean, thankfully for the last like seven months, I've been working on a totally different project. Oh, great. You know, and that's that's been something I can put my head into. Actually, it's a podcast. That's why I have this nice microphone. Yay, congrats. Uh, Thank you. Uh, with CBC, and it's going to be called Pressure Cooker, and it's about an entrapment case in BC. Wow. Also heavy in its own way, but mm -hmm. the totally different kind of heavy where, yes, I feel like I've gotten my my break from Nexium, but it, it only makes me more happy to like come back and talk about it with folks like you. Like I... I do not mind sharing whatever is in my brain. Like I forget mm -hmm. some of it's there. Like that 10C thing, I forgot. That was yeah. one of the first things Sarah Edmondson told me about. Like, oh, he was interested in college girls in like 2007. And I'm like, oh yeah, the sorority thing. God. Yeah, I just can't keep it all inside. I have to get no, it No, that's out. amazing. You got to get it to the people. You got to get it out of your system. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You got to sing it if you have to. You have to sing it with the special beat provided by some weird guy. You know, <laughs> whatever yeah. it takes. With like clucking and like, oh, oh my yeah. God. It, and there's nothing worse than bad acapella. Like when you hear a good acapella song, it's like a Christmas song. So you're like, oh, those people are interesting. They, you know, they mimicked a drum, I think, or a synthesizer. Like, way to go, guys. But bad acapella is just like your barber, like making noise behind you. And you're just like, what do you say? Like, you're just like some lady on the street mouthing something that's not, doesn't really sound like a song. It's just bad acapella is so bad. It's pretty, yeah, it can go downhill very, very quickly. Also acapella, acapella is a quite an elitist unit of people too that I noticed. Like when I was in high school, I was in uh, the gospel show choir and like 
regular choir and to get into madricals, which was the acapella classical choir, everybody acted like such a fucking snob. And it was like they dressed up in like pretend Whoa. clothing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Pretend clothing? What yeah, do you mean? Sorry, not pretend. I bet they dressed up in like costumes of like the Renaissance era. And you had to oh. buy your own Renaissance costume to be a part of the acapellas. And madrigals and they would sing <laughs> these like special choirs that were like only for like the nicest old people i don't know what it was for but there was this like hierarchy in my school that like the madrigals were some sort of fancy thing i'm positive my parents were like don't even go near them <laughs> like that <laughs> it sounds dangerous like you don't know what you missed it yeah. could have been pretty depressing really depressing and also like i didn't want my parents to spend hundreds of dollars on like a petticoat that no one would ever see because it was like historically accurate like when in my life am i going to be singing you know choir music from the 18, 1700s. I don't even know. Yeah. But I will tell you, they walked around with such a swagger at our school that they were like, we are the best classical singing teenagers you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah, that that was totally Keith Raniere's vibe, right? Yeah. He, of course, in these posts on these forums is saying like, oh, if you don't get it, you know, it's too intellectual for you. Right. Like he's just trying to show how smart he is. And this is why he likes volleyball and why he likes acapella. It's like, no, those are just things you can do badly and nobody will care. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's that's yeah. your advantage. It makes people uncomfortable to criticize acapella because it's already uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and the people who show up, like, they're not exactly, you know, going to steal your spotlight. They're going to no. just be nerds. Be a nice you know. clap. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's any <laughs> acapella madrigal singers out there, you know, let us know. I'm sure those madrigals can really let out some frustration and have some crazy parties. And that might have been their tip off that Keith Raniere couldn't party. Because if you were that if you're that pent up and in that many costumes, you need to let it all out. And they didn't even know how to do that. So they were yeah. real madrigals. No. Oh, my goodness. This is all just making me think I really want to interview John Wilson. Like, I can't believe he was there. I'm you so should. excited. It would be great. Yeah. It'd be a great article. And also because he's he is telling it from his point of view. And that's only the thing with the documentary. It's great. But he was saying, like, how he felt, how he thought it was kind of cool. I'm sure you could pull out so much more. From, oh, yeah. Really so, nerd out about it. Really. And like, really get like. Who was the friend that introduced you? Like, what was the, con you know, just as like somebody when they're doing it first person, they sort of hide things or they take things for granted. But you reporting on it, I'm sure would find so many more interesting things that he didn't even mention. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know if I want to drag it out. I feel like it did. It, it did well as just a few minute cameo yeah. in a longer episode. Like, I feel like that's the presentation that Nexium truly deserves. At yes, this that point, is, what you, want. you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, just for my own yeah trivia's sake, basically, I I really now I want to talk to him, John. If you're listening, John, <laughs> give me a call. Get on here. Yeah, you should. You should. <laughs> oh, that's amazing, Sarah. This was so nice. Thank you. And it's like very really early fun. in the morning for you. <laughs> it's not too early. It's like yeah. After nine o'clock now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. It was so fun to chat. It was so great. I'm so glad. And yes, my son is in school now. He is not sick or he's sick and I don't know about it. So we'll see. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> Thank you again. And guys, um, we're going to link everything with Sarah's notes and her bio and where to find her and all of her great articles. Oh, and then I, I wanted to talk to you about that one that you just wrote about the next... The guy. Oh, Peter Nygaard. So yes. I used to work in a building right near there and we would pass by Peter Nygaard's, like the Nygaard store in Manhattan, which was an extremely expensive part of real estate. And all the clothes were so ugly. And I remember thinking like, this is a front for something. And sure enough, you reported on it. <laughs> it, is, it is a front. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's another really heavy, depressing kind of story. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, he always was just trying to get that like mid-level grandma kind of clothing demographic, like kind of department store, but like, yeah, not very fashionable. Kind of Russian department store five years. Totally. Ago. Yeah. I mean, five is yeah. generous. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. 15, 30. <laughs> 
Yeah, about that. Um, yeah, that case, I mean, he used his power over like police in the Bahamas to mm-hmm. essentially exploit people, uh, some girls, you know, um, underage. Yeah, just very, very dark and depressing. So he's he was arrested in Canada and is going to be extradited um, to face trial in, in the Southern District of New York. Wow. Okay. So maybe I'll be back in New York. And we yes, let us up. know. I'd love to get coffee. I'd love to hang out. <laughs> and good luck with your podcast. It's such a big deal. Oh, thank we will, you. Whenever it's ready, uh, let me know. We can share it. And we can even, we can put an episode out if you want. We can like, share a thing. Yeah. All right. I'll be in touch. That's great. Thank you so much, Sarah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you guys so much. Sarah, you're amazing. So fun to have you. And thank you for being so honest and open about all of your experiences. This was incredible. And guys, thank you so much for listening. I really love all of you listeners. It's been a big deal for me taking this over. Being a single host has been a huge change for me in my life and such a wonderful, a wonderful opportunity. I didn't know how I would do it. I was pretty nervous. I didn't know if I could do it by myself. And my God, I don't, say this often, but I feel very proud and very happy and proud to be your host and to continue this podcast. And I just love it. We have some amazing episodes coming up. Spoiler alert, we have Kate Spencer from Forever 35 podcast. They just won a huge award and she's super amazing and famous and a family friend. And so I can't wait to talk to her. We have some brilliant reporters coming down the line. So the episodes are coming they're even more fun, even more exciting. And I am thrilled to have you guys be a part of this. Okay. See you next week. Goodbye. Hello, friends. This is Mark Nell, executive producer of the Table Read podcast, where imagination meets performance. As we wrap up an incredible season one, we want to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who tuned in and supported us on this amazing journey. Season one was nothing short of extraordinary. We delved into captivating scripts that transported us to worlds beyond our imagination, thanks to the brilliant writers who delivered these works. But what really brought these stories to life were the talents of our amazing actors. But wait, the excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to season one, we are thrilled to announce the launch of season two. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises coming. The Force will definitely be with you. So stay tuned, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay excited. From all of us at the Table Read Podcast, thank you, and let's make season two even more memorable together.